Hey, Emily. Hey, Stephanie. You uh, want to do a podcast? Absolutely. Hey there, Cycle Cats. Before we get into today's episode, we just wanted to take a minute to tell you about the new adventure we're embarking on. Cycle Chats is starting to partner with nonprofits. These partnerships are to help these nonprofits get the must-needed eyes and ears on the amazing work they are doing to better the world and their communities. Helping others has always been the goal of our platform, and we can't wait to start this next chapter of giving back. The next nonprofit spotlight is Helping Women, period. At Helping Women, period, their mission is to provide no-cost menstrual products to those experiencing homelessness or low-income disparity. Did you know the number of families in the U.S who need assistance from food pantries continues to increase every year. And with the lack of access to menstrual health products for people who are either homeless or low income is appalling. These necessary products are not covered by SNAP or any other welfare programs. Each month, this leaves countless people without the products many of us take for granted. You can donate on their website, helpingwomenperiod.org, by donating products, making a financial contribution, volunteer if you're in the Michigan area, or Head on over to www.cyclechats.com and shop the Helping Women period collection, knowing that 75% of your purchase goes straight to supporting this amazing cause. Now back to today's episode. Welcome to Cycle Chats, a podcast to destigmatize what it means to be a woman. This is episode 55, Travel the World. Today, we are speaking with a solo female traveler who's showing the world that Latinas travel. She's here to inspire your travels and continue to explore more of what it is this world has to offer. It's solo female bilingual tourism expert, Flavia. Thank you so much for coming to the show. We are so very much looking forward to speaking with you today. Hi, Emily. Hi, Stephanie. Thank you so much for asking me to be on the podcast. I'm really excited for this conversation. Of course. We were saying before we hit the record button, big shout out to our friend Rebecca, who is also a solo female, also bilingual traveler, traveling the world in her RV in the United States right now. This is something that she asked for because this is how she lives her life. And I think it's actually a really important conversation as we go into this next phase and people try and travel on their own. And hopefully we can, you know, do it safely in this world of ever-changing loveliness and also sometimes darkness. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. And I hope Rebecca at home, you are excited to listen. So I always like to start off these conversations at the beginning. So what made you get into this field? Yeah. So my parents are originally from Peru. So I traveled when I was a child between the US and Peru very often, like my summers I would spend there. And so I got really used to just kind of traveling, just even though it was always mainly the same place when I was growing up. But we would also, aside from going to Lima, where my family, a lot of my family is still based, we would go to other parts of Peru. So I got to see places like Machu Picchu, Huaraz, a whole bunch of other places in Peru when I was really young. And as I got older, when I was 15, my parents gave me the option of having a quinceanera, which is a very popular 15-year-old party in Latin America, or going to Europe for the first time on a three-week trip. And three-week, like, also kind of solo because it was a group trip, but I didn't know anybody on the trip I didn't know any of the participants any of like the leaders or anything so for me it was like very much a solo trip but it was amazing to be able to kind of have that experience so I definitely chose going to Europe instead of having La Quinceanera which was three weeks which was so much better than a one-night party and honestly I feel like that was just that 
spark that really like within me that was like this is what I want to do like I want to do more of this there's so many other cool places to see destinations that you know we only ever read about that I want to go see for myself and so that was kind of just like that spark and like this is this is how it's going to happen I don't know how I don't know in what way it's going to work out but it's going to somehow wow I feel like everybody is probably listening and is extremely jealous that this is the life you get to lead because I'm sure a lot of people dream of this sort of being able to explore on your own because I know from personal experience it gives you a lot of self-affirmation and just self-identity so then tourism you went to school for that and then kind of that also helped with the career I'm assuming Yeah, so my undergrad, I did it in New York, and I actually did it in languages at the time, even though I wanted to continue traveling, I didn't know what I could do as a career to travel. So I thought I could study languages, be able to communicate with more people. And I originally wanted to be a UN interpreter. That was like my main goal when I was younger growing up, because I thought I could travel. There's like a headquarters in New York, there's one in Switzerland. I'm like, it just makes sense. I did an internship with the New York District Attorney's Office. And I realized that interpreting was just not what I wanted to do as like a long-term career. So I started seeing what other possibilities there was. And that was actually the year I found out about travel blogging. And so I actually started a travel blog in 2013 that I was like very unsure of how to even run because I didn't know about coding or WordPress or any of these things. And social media was still very new at the time aside from like Facebook. So I started it and ended it after a year, but I still had that idea. I was like, I somehow want to make this a career. So in 2019, I decided to do a master's in tourism in Barcelona. So that's when I was like, I need to now do this. Like, I need to make this like more of an actual career, more something full time. And I don't want to just leave it as a dream or an idea that I didn't actually make a reality. I think that's a lot of people's goal in life, right? Is to really live that one life, which is something that I think about constantly, like really fully living this one life that we have to live, seeing everything that I can before kids come into play. And you know, that really does tie you down. I've seen it. There are things on my list to do before that, you know, really takes the next step in my relationship with my husband. But that is so amazing. I know how important travel is. I was able to sit next to my husband as we both went, well, as he went across the seas for the first time. And that was really exciting for me to see how that kind of opened his eyes because really your world is only as small as you make it. So your world view is huge. I mean, with all the places you've seen, I'm sure. So how many places have you gone to? Yeah. So far I've been to, I, I want to say 34 countries. Wow. Easy. Simple. Yeah. Just 34. Just 34. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. But when you think about how, I think there's what, 196, like 34 still is very small compared to how many countries. Uh, man, I, I will tell you, I went to Serbia. That's the only place I've been to out of the country, but I visited the German airport, the Italian airport, the French airport. So I feel like I'm like a world airport traveler because of the layovers. And so that's my, that's my claim to fame. I can't say that I've actually stepped foot in 34 countries. So that's pretty, man, that's pretty cool. I feel like that's got to be so different in how you view, like me going to a different state is one thing. I feel like for you, that's got to be easy money. Like you go to a different state, that travel is nothing. That's two hours on the plane. I feel like when you're traveling out of the country, that's a whole different beast. I feel like yes and no, because I I actually wanted to talk about this later on as well, that like, I don't want people to think that you need to travel halfway around the world to feel like you're traveling. And one of my goals also is to visit all 50 states. 
so far I think I've been to about 32 and I would like to visit the other 18 that I haven't yet but I think it's important because the U.S. also has so much beauty in terms of like landscape and national parks that I think a lot of people maybe don't think about or consider when thinking about the U.S. so starting small is not a bad thing at all and if that's all you can afford to do because of like paid time off or just like other responsibilities and everything I think it's still something that should be considered if that's like your only option so amazing I think that's so beautiful and such a cool way to live life. I'm sure you're inspired every day, maybe not the airport days, but every day that you set foot in a new country, <laughs> the airport days are, are probably very difficult, but I'm sure you know your way around them by now. Yeah. Doesn't make them any less tiring. I just spent New Year's Eve flying from the U.S. to Hungary. So that was exhausting. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. We just went and visited family for Christmas and coming back was rough. We made it with 16 minutes despair especially with all the delays hopefully you did not fly south no we did not I know I didn't even know there was a thing until my mom texted she was like thank god you didn't fly southwest and I had no idea that like 4,000 flights got canceled that's crazy I feel terrible for those human beings no we flew united and it was quite lovely so I guess my first question after that because it's something that you brought up and I think it's important is traveling sustainably we are on a planet that is unfortunately not doing so great and I think traveling sustainably and seeing how that can be done is really important because I just don't think a lot of people think of that aspect of it yeah definitely but also I want to talk about how like sustainability when it comes to travel isn't just like the environmental aspect that's definitely a very important part but there's also like the economic and the social cultural part that sometimes take a back end to when we think about sustainability and so thinking about like how our travels can affect local communities like are we really investing or spending our dollars or money in these local businesses local tour guides and things like that because if we're traveling and then we're staying in very large international hotel chains or just kind of anything that isn't really local to that community then our money may not really be staying there. And I think it's important to think about that as well. But when it comes to the part climate wise, definitely slow travel has become more popular over the years, kind of staying in one place for a little bit longer instead of moving around so quickly. So we're not adding more to our carbon footprint is definitely important. And just kind of being aware of what we're doing is affecting people that live there and as well as our climate and our environment. Those are definitely important things that we need to consider. Yeah, I think that's huge. That's a big part of what Steph and I I try and do. I know that's like my biggest philosophy is buying small from small businesses, small women owned businesses, most importantly, and giving those as gifts, you know, like, I don't care, I want to go to that wherever we've traveled to, and I'll pick up something from there. I think that has more meaning. I think that's more special. And like you said, being able to help that economy out is is really important because small owned businesses need that extra hand, they don't have that extra dollar to go out of their way to do marketing or anything like that. And I know that's something that Steph and I deal with all the time mm -hmm. as two business owners that now have merchandise. We don't have money to like put out crazy billboards or anything like that. We're just relying on people's generosity basically for this job that pays us nothing. So I think that's a, a really big part of that. And I'm really glad that you brought that up because that is so special in understanding that you can literally change somebody's life by investing in their business, by buying whatever 
whatever it may be that they're selling and, you know, maybe not staying at the Ritz Carlton or whatever hotel chain that it may be. I think that's kind of amazing. I guess that kind of leads into my next question of, do you find that people not thinking sustainably in any of those aspects is the biggest mistake people make when traveling or is it something else? I think that definitely contributes to it like a lot. I think for most people when they're traveling, they're like, okay, I'm finally going to get to go see this place that I've always wanted to see, like regardless of how it is that I get there, what it is that I'm going to do once I'm there. It is definitely a big part of it. But I would also add to that, that I think in this era that we're in with Instagram, with a lot of social media, I think a lot of us are worrying too much about what other people are doing when they go to these places. So they're like, oh, they have this list of what I'm going to see in Venice or something. And like, I have to ride the gondola. I have to do all of these things. And maybe that's not necessarily something that you're like, oh, that's what I want to do. But it's just what I saw other people do. So now I feel like I have to do that too. And I think if we kind of step back and look at what it is that interests us and what uh, we actually want to get out of this experience and focus on that, that we may have a more enjoyable experience and we may avoid places that are too overcrowded. I personally don't like crowds when I'm traveling. So I like to go to lesser visited places, which may sometimes be hard to find when you're going to a place for the first time and a quick Google search just gives you like 10 things to do. But I think going to places that actually pique our interest, we would have a more enjoyable time when we're going to places instead of just doing what we're told we should do. How do you find, I guess, those smaller attractions? I'm not going to lie. I've definitely fallen into those, like, I would, I don't want to call them tourist traps, but definitely into those lists where, you know, are just doing that, especially when I'm on limited time. But if I already know I'm going to be going to a destination, I like to do some research. I always open Google Maps. I'm like looking around. I literally click on anything that looks like the little activity symbol and I'll like, see, does this interest me? Like, do I like it? Do I even want to see it? And then I'll add it to like my list. And if I see a place that is pretty popular or really well known, but it doesn't really interest me, then I'll just not go to it. Like I actually didn't ride a gondola when I went to Venice. How dare you get off of this podcast <laughs> like, right now. I can imagine that your DMs are just filling up right now with <laughs> hate from Italian people. How dare you come to Italy and not ride our gondolas? That was a very Jewish interpretation. Of yeah, it. I was like, I it sounded a little it, more Jewish than it's, Italian. It's all it's all like it's all I can do, guys. Sorry, I apologize. I did not do well in speech class. It was not great for me. I tried my best. That's all I could do. That's amazing. I know for me, when my husband and I went on our honeymoon and we went to Madrid, a big part of like what we did was look up the I think on right Airbnb has experiences now and I did a bunch of those and we were really happy with all of them and I think that's good did I do a good thing or did I did a bad thing no okay so I I think like the most important thing is like I wouldn't want to shame anyone in any way that they travel because I know everyone has different availability to be able to even get to a place or do anything or even have limited time on doing research so I think like as long as you're not doing anything with mal intent like knowing that like this is just going to be detrimental to the economy to the local community to the environment or anything like that there's definitely nothing wrong with that and I think experiences are great because most of them are led by locals which is great so you are given to the local economy it's kind of like unfortunate that we have to go through like a third party like something so big as Airbnb to even be able to find these though but unfortunately like if it wasn't for Airbnb then we wouldn't be able to find these so it's like kind of like a give and take like yeah it's like social media <laughs> Yeah, the good and the bad, what can we say? 
Yeah. Without it, we would have never found you. So there you go. That's just <laughs> so what would you say is the best tip for someone who is traveling solo for the first time? Yeah. So I like to suggest starting somewhere with something that you have in common with that location. So like whether that be language, whether that be maybe a similarity in culture, because even if we were born, especially like if we're talking about the US, a lot of us have different backgrounds. So our culture may be totally different than our neighbors, right? So we may have a certain connection to a certain culture in a location that we may not feel that way. So as English speakers, the majority going to like England, going to Australia, going to like Canada, like starting with somewhere that you know, you're going to be able to understand things at least like be able to read the signs, understand what the food is like things like that so it doesn't feel so foreign it doesn't feel so difficult and once you feel comfortable with that then maybe exploring a bit more English is a universal language so most people in most places do speak it they may not speak it obviously at the same level but you'd feel comfortable enough to be able to go to it and once you feel like you're ready for that jump then that would be a good time to go but I don't want anybody to think that they need to go to like Japan when they don't speak any Japanese and now they have to go to the small town and be like okay I did it guys that's good it's like starting small it's baby steps you know you find something where you have something in common and then you can work your way up to the more like I guess advanced travel stuff it shouldn't be hard it shouldn't be looked at as something that's like oh my god I'm going to dread every single second of this and now I'm never going to want to do this again because then you're never going to want to do it again (laughs) right right so we're talking about first-time travelers and I think more specifically first-time women travelers I know I've fallen into this boat I get so nervous to travel by myself I always think of like the worst possible case scenario so what can women do to make sure that they're safe while they're traveling solo that's definitely a big one it's one that I love to talk about because it is like you said very important as women we I think we tend to have our guard up for the most part with when it comes to anything we have and I think to. it's important to take that when we travel like follow your gut always follow your gut something doesn't feel right if it feels off in any way like it's better to just walk away from that situation say no think about it you you never know and you'll never know what that outcome could be if you don't actually do it right so it's better to avoid it if possible sharing your itinerary with like a trusted family member or friend so that way someone you trust and fully like maybe not help you in that moment but if something were to go wrong like they don't hear from you within a certain amount of hours like they know where you are where you're staying what activity you were supposed to be doing that day Anything like that could be really helpful. And it also helps you feel comfortable because somebody knows what you're doing. And also not sharing where you're going to be in real time on social media. I never do this myself. I always will post maybe even a few hours later about a place that I was at because I don't, you never know who's watching, like whether or not like it's because they're in that same city or maybe they actually know where you live. Like now they know that your house is empty. They know, you know, like it's better to not post in real time better to just wait. And I also think what's good about waiting to post is that you can actually enjoy the experience in the moment instead of like I've been trying to do that lately where I will take pictures and then I'll save them. So I'll kind of get that satisfaction of like being on the app, but then I will wait to post for a later because it is no one's business. And unfortunately, as women, we do have to be cautious because social media has kind of opened up a gateway for creepers to figure out where you are. Yeah, well, wasn't there something on Instagram? Instagram just a few months ago, right? Yeah. Where you had to like specifically go in and turn off something because like they were the spe- like specifically sharing exactly what street corners you were Horrible. on. 
I don't know what, like what man came up with that idea at Instagram and was like, this is a great idea. Let's share the exact <laughs> location of these people. Like, how are you not fired for the worst idea known to humanity? That is such a scary thought. So the, I, the minute I saw that, I went in and I made sure that that was turned off because that is frightening. Like that is, if you are just uneducated, which we talk about all the time on this show, you just don't know. So I'm, I'm really thankful that somebody posted that on a story and I was able to see it and immediately turn that off because I don't want, that sounds like you're speaking a different language that I don't want to talk about. Yeah, totally agree. Whether it's like in your hometown, like what if you posted it from your house and now it's like people know where you live. Scary. No, it's crazy. I was just, I was in Virginia with my family for Christmas and I was talking to my niece about maybe her eventually traveling to see my husband and I in Florida. And right now she's 10 years old. So like this wouldn't be for a a while, but when I was 11, I believe I traveled by myself to South Carolina from New York, but that was a very different time in our world. My mother was able to come with me all the way to the gate, see me off. Stewardess brought me on the plane. Like I remember feeling extremely safe. When I asked my niece if she would want to do that, she immediately was like, no, that sounds terrifying because of the world that they're growing up in. That does sound really scary. You want to get on a plane by yourself and just like enjoy yourself for two and a half hours. And then I'll meet you on the other side. You have to walk alone with your luck. Like that does sound really scary. So it's just crazy how much has changed in 20 years, basically, because of just what's gone on in in our time. 9-11 was so big and I was in what, fourth? No, third grade? No, I was nine. I was nine, nine, something like that. Who knows? I don't remember. I was nine but, too. So maybe yeah, we're the same Yes. <laughs> I, yeah. I was like, I, I remember my teacher's name, but I do not remember how old I was. So, and I can literally remember my classroom, what I made in that classroom. I remember all of that, but I don't remember how old I was, but that changed a lot of things. So I can imagine that she would be really nervous. And then I was like, oh no, it won't be until you're like 13 or 14. And she seemed to like calm down a little bit, but I could see her anxiety rise as I offered that to her. So I could only imagine how, I guess, terrifying that would actually be if it was 11-year-old Emily now trying to do that. I guess I just, I didn't live in that world, which is sad because we want people to be able to feel safe while exploring, while finding themselves, while just exploring this beautiful place that we get to kind of reside in for a short time. Yeah, definitely. No, I, I agree. I think nowadays, like things are really scary, especially with so many things going on. I know it's just like little topics, but like with all of the school shootings and all of that stuff, it's like very so scary. scary. I totally get the anxiety. This totally branches into like the story portion. You have to have like a, a good and a bad story or just like a really. Ooh, a good and a bad. I love that idea. Like a creepy kind of cringy story. Like a party story, like one that you'd whip out as like, a you know what? You're at a party. You don't know anybody. This is your coffee table story. This is how you kind of get the vibe going. Do you have anything like that in your travels? <laughs> I bet okay, you have this one. one. I think includes a little bit of both. So maybe Ooh, perfect. I was going to Colombia. I bought a one-way ticket. I had never been to Colombia before. When I was actually in high school, I had a friend who was Colombian and she had her quinceanera in Colombia and I wanted to go at that point. My parents did not let me go, but I was 15 or 14 at the time. And so 
it made sense. At this point, I was like 24, 25 when I decided to like solo backpack through Colombia. I was going to be there for a month and then three weeks in Panama, like about seven weeks total. This was like before, you know, Wi-Fi was really big before like international credit cards were like really big as they are now. So I decided to take all the money in cash that I was going to be using for these seven weeks. So I got on the plane at Newark, New Jersey with like, I think almost $3,000 in cash on my way to Columbia. <laughs> I was like, it's going to be fine. I didn't tell my parents that I took that much cash. I was just like, yeah, I'm going, I'll figure it out. But like, but I did. And I didn't tell a soul. Like I just totally played it off. Like everything was fine. Like I didn't have more than $10 with me. <laughs> so I was just like, yeah, it's all good. <laughs> going around. I internally, I'm very worried because I'm just like, what's going to happen if somebody takes it? Like I had a credit card with me in case I needed to like buy an emergency plane ticket and leave. But there were times where I was just like, oh my God, what if somebody finds my, and I had it in an envelope. Like I didn't even like stash it in a different place. I put it in one envelope. <laughs> like, I was like, here's my envelope of cash. Whenever I did need to use cash though, I would take it out and put it somewhere else. So that way it's not like I would open my envelope of cash. So I did that. And during that trip, I don't think I had the money with me in that moment, but I had to hitchhike at one point because I had to get to the bus station. I had gone to see a lake and then I went to go see this sanctuary like near the border with Ecuador. And from the sanctuary to the bus station to then take the bus to where I was actually staying, there was a bus I had to take in between that second bus and I didn't plan correctly. I thought I was going to have enough time to do this. I didn't. So I was like realizing I'm like, I'm going to miss the last bus to go back to my hostel where I'm actually staying and I'm going to just be stranded here. So I'm like, I need to get to that bus station. So I was just kind of like, <laughs> like, I'm like, somebody get me. And this guy on a motorbike stopped and I was like, part of me was like, oh, do I do it? Do I not do it? I ended up doing it. I got on the bike. Thankfully, it was only like an, a seven, eight minute ride. And I'll never forget, actually. So this is like the nice part. <laughs> When I got off the bike or was when I was going to get off the bike, I was like, how much do I owe you? Like, you know, just tell me something like we hadn't arranged anything, but I was like, obviously, I'm going to pay you like you like you got me here quickly to make this bus. And he's like, don't worry about it. One day you will help me out. And I was like, I can't even remember his name, but I will never forget that he said that. But I thought it was just so nice. Like the whole trend, like it worked so nicely. Like he was super nice. And I'm like, nothing bad happened, but you never know. Like something terrible could have happened. Right, right. So I think that encompasses it all, right? I love yeah. that. That was a little bit of everything. Don't bring an envelope full of $3,000 full of cash. That That's was the moral that, of the story. Yeah, don't do that. That's the name of the episode now. Don't bring an envelope of $3,000 of cash. Yeah, don't that's of that anxiety <laughs> oh my god that would yeah well especially since envelopes are like notorious for having money it's not like you even were like I'm just gonna like hide it in a, a sock you were like that an envelope it's you know listen you gotta do what you gotta do I love it you live and you learn <laughs> you live and you learn so I know for me traveling I haven't gone all the places I've been to Israel Poland London and Madrid I think that's it. Yep, I think that's it. If I'm wrong, I will write a, a note for myself. But when I was in London the second time, I traveled and I studied abroad there for three months. I think of that time as the most life-changing time of my young life. I had three friends that also studied abroad with me, but we all lived separately in different people's homes. It was amazing. But 
discovering myself was really such a gift during that time. I had to take the bus by myself for the first time and like figure out how to get groceries and like, how do I take this K2 bus down to, you know, university and then come home and like, it was just wild. And doing that when you're, I think it was 20 or 21. I always think about that and how special that time was for me because I grew up a lot. And even though I did have my friends, I was so isolated, but I loved it. It was like the most empowering time besides doing this podcast. So that kind of leads me to what does female empowerment mean to you? I think about it in two different ways. So I think about like the female empowerment that like you said kind of comes from like from within like with your own experiences and everything like that and then also the female empowerment that like women with women right like as a collective and I think that our experiences definitely whether they're far or near definitely shape us into the people that we become and that pushing ourselves to kind of like the edge of our comfort zone will really get us to a place where we will probably accomplish things that we never thought possible. I mean, I actually also started a podcast in 2021, 2022, not channel, 22, 21. Time is irrelevant now. Yeah, time is a con. It doesn't matter. (laughs) But I thought that was super scary. When I started my first blog, I thought that was super scary. But even though I didn't continue with the blog, I still learned a lot. And I still learned like what I could have done differently. And starting is so much better than waiting for it to be perfect, that it's just like, just throw yourself and do it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm giving finger snaps over here because it's so that is my biggest issue. It is ongoing in my life. But I, you know, you end up, you kind of work around it, you grow up, you realize that it's only scary when you're thinking about it. But when you're actually doing it, you find that you're like, wow, I hyped this up for absolutely no reason. This is awesome. You know? Yeah, I think like we're thinking like, oh my god, everyone's gonna notice that one little thing that's off. Literally people not notice, like just do it. (laughs) And then you just fix it later. It's all people's attention spans are way too like short. No one has that much time on their hands. Nobody's obsessing over it (laughs) at all as much as, as like you are yourself. And then so like when it comes to like women empowering other women, I think it's so great to like be there for other women whether it's like through good and bad I think it's really easy to be there for other people in general like when things are going really well like they're successful like everything that they're planning to do is like working out but it's always hardest to be there for people when things aren't going that well and maybe they're going through like a really difficult period but I think that's like when people obviously need the most help and I think that's when we can really help empower other women to become their even better selves because they're getting this support when they feel like completely terrible about themselves and about you know everything that's going on that probably isn't working out the way that they wanted it to. So I think that both are important, like inner work and then outer work. Very important. I think people unfortunately forget the inner work aspect of it, which is what we try and, you know, really bring to light with the podcast is that it it takes yourself. You you have to put in the work. It can't just come from outside sources. Nothing is going to change if nothing changes from inside. And that's really quite important and just unfortunately not what we're shown with social media. It's all outside and no inside. And that's unfortunate. Well, since we were talking about younger selves, traveling, your first experience, my experience, you know, in London being young, what advice would you give your 15 year old self besides not taking the $3,000 in cash in the envelope? Well, I guess a little bit of what I did just say, like, 
not waiting until it's perfect to start. I think that's super important. But then also just trusting yourself, like knowing that even if, you know, things don't work out, like even if it's imperfect, even if, you know, you may completely scratch it off and like start over that, like you'll learn more about yourself during those failures, like those hardships than you will if like everything went smoothly, because then you wouldn't have a challenge. You wouldn't have anything to be like, okay, I have to fix this now. I have to make it better. How do I like improve? If everything just works out, you have to have difficult times and those difficult times are going to make you stronger than the easy times ever will. A hundred and ten thousand percent agree. Yeah, that is hugely important. You learn a lot more about yourself during those harder times because you can see how much you can overcome. And I think that's kind of important. Well, this was lovely, as lovely as I thought it would be. It's making me long to travel some more. Hopefully I'll be able to take my husband to London. It's a very special place to me and we do have a goal of getting there. So I hope that that happens within the next year or two. That would be really, really amazing because I miss it and still someplace that I dream of living for like forever. But right now it's just a dream, but I'd love to, to be able to do that. So thank you for giving me a little bit of just like memory lane and inspiration for my next travel. No, thank you so much. Thank this was great. I love this conversation. And sometimes there are things that like I stop thinking about after a certain point, right? Like because it just becomes my norm. But then like yeah. kind of rebringing it up, I'm just like it's nice to like sit in those good feelings. Again. Yeah, it's it's a it's a reminder of how much you've done and how special the life you're living really is. And like we all start somewhere. And I think it's important to have people like you to show that these don't have to be such unattainable goals. Like there are there are things on a smaller level that you can achieve that. So we know where to find you, but I think for the people who want to start achieving this life, where can they find you? And do you have anything coming up that we should keep our eyes out for? So I'm on all social media as Latina Traveler. On Twitter, though, I do have an underscore after Latina Traveler. I also send out an email newsletter every Monday updating about like any new YouTube videos that I have, any new blog posts, or actually where I'm going to be. Actually, my email gets the most updates on like where I'm actually at <laughs> because since it's like it's in real time, but it's not like with a tag or anything. So it's not like people can see where I'm at. So it's <laughs> the safest them. way to share. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Unless somebody knows how to do IP addresses or something because I don't know how to do it. But anyway, as for new projects, I actually I was telling Emily before we started, I just moved to Budapest. So I will have Budapest as my home base for the next six months. I'll be traveling in and out a bit. But yeah, I will be visiting at least three new countries this year, hopefully, and hopefully more. <laughs> Love wow. that for you. Thank you for sharing your time. It's it's just so cool. And honestly, I think talking to you makes us feel like we're getting a little taste of travel just through your stories. So thank you. Oh, no, thank you, guys. This has been great. Yeah, this was really, really lovely. Everybody who is listening, all those cycle cats and kittens, go please make sure to check Flavia out. If you don't know who we are, we are Cycle Chats. You can find us on Instagram at Cycle Chats, all lowercase, no space. We do have our merchandise store, so you can finally buy some Cycle Chats merchandise. We love to tie-dye because it's unique, and each one, we don't know how it's going to turn out. And that's the beauty of what tie-dye is. So if you want your own personalized tie-dye shirt, you can go over. Remember that support is important. We make no money from this. So anything that you can feel to give us would be absolutely lovely. And we'll give you something in return that we've really put our blood, sweat, and tears into. And if you want to know more about what we're up to, you can sign up for our newsletter as well. That is a monthly newsletter. We promise we won't spam you. It will just give you a big overview of what we've done the month before and anything that we can look forward to in the month 
next. So thank you as always. We hope you sync up with us next time. Mm-hmm.